Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Well, I'd like for you to begin now to turn to the book of Luke. We're going to open up in a word of prayer before we get started with our message today. My responsibility is to be able to move through Luke chapter number four through six. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be able to gather together on this Sunday morning. Lord, we ask that by way of your Holy Spirit, you would communicate your truth to your people in a way in which they can receive it. Use it, Lord, to build us up and to make us stronger. Use it, Lord, to make us different than when we have left the building, Lord, that we have experienced your presence. And Lord, when it's all said and done, we'll give you all the honor and all the praise that's due your name. We thank you today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We are in Luke chapter number four. Luke chapter number four. And the first scripture I want to bring to your attention is Luke 4, 14. I'd like for everybody to meet me there in their Bible, Luke 4, 14. This morning, my message is entitled, The Message and Ministry of Jesus. He is more than enough. The message and ministry of Jesus. He is more than enough. In Luke chapter number 4, verse 14, the Bible says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. We find here in Luke, starting at chapter number four, that the writer introduces us to Jesus as he begins his ministry. We see him as an all-sufficient savior. That means he does everything well. He is the God who is more than enough Mm -hmm. to be able to adequately handle all of our needs. And he will never run short of his supply for everything that we need in life. God works in everything, not just isolated incidences for our good. Now, evil is widespread in our fallen world, but God is able to turn every circumstance. I said every circumstance. I said every situation around for our long range good. Note, God is not working to make us happy. God is working for his own divine purposes. So let us take a look at a snapshot of Jesus' life and ministry as we look in the book of Luke, we want to remind you that he is more than enough. We, we find here in our Bible in Luke chapter number four, if you would go down to verse number 38, Luke chapter number four, verse number 38, we find that God has an unconditional love. 
his love doesn't have any parameters on it. His love is always directed at us. And in Luke chapter number four, verse number 38, the Bible says, after leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and he left her and she got up at once and prepared the meal for them. And as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their disease was, by the touch of his hand, he healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demonics came out at his command, shouting, you are the son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. When we look at this, we can see God's unconditional love for us, that Jesus would take the time to be able to meet the needs of people who were sick and who were demon-possessed and needed the touch of God. God loves us even when we don't love him back. He demonstrated this love to us by writing in the scriptures and making us clear that he has the ability to heal. Uh, Jesus had compassion for them, and this morning I want you to know that the same compassion that Jesus had for them is the same compassion that he has for you. Love is an action. It's something that's offered in the assistance of making someone better without anything in return. It is unconditional. It means that there are no strings attached. Uh, It's the Lord's nature to love because God is love. Amen. Uh, The Bible tells us that in 1 John chapter number 4, if we begin reading with verse number 8, the Bible says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Amen. It was his ministry, and it's the gospel message, that God directed his love to us, and he divinely rescues us. We weren't able to rescue our own selves, but because of God's love for us, he sent his son to be able to provide a solution to our sinful problem. When we look at this, God's love is an action. It's something he demonstrates. It's something he does by offering his only begotten son. For the Bible says very clearly in John 3:16, God so loved the world. He just didn't love us, he so loved us, amen? That he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus became a man and loved among us and lived among us, and he voluntarily died so that we could have a personal relationship with God. Now it's up to us to be able to accept the gift 
or to reject the gift that God has given to us. When we think of his love, his love is more than enough in every situation that we find ourselves. Our Heavenly Father's love is not selfish. It's not about him. His love is directed toward us. He is the one who starts the process of love so that even when we mess up, he still loves us. Even when we do wrong, it doesn't change his love because God is love. And you don't have to try and earn God's love. God gives his love to us because he cares about us. Amen. So, so if you're trying to get God love you, you can stop right now. Amen. Because you don't have to try in order to get God to love you. God loves you in spite of what you've done wrong in life. He loves us to the point to help us to understand that he's more than enough in every situation that we find ourselves. God's love is his motivation. He's motivated by love. That's why he made us, because he loved us. God loves creating, so he created something and he created us. He created us because he loves us. And even when we messed up, it didn't stop his love from reaching out to us in our everyday situation. And he allows us to be able to love him freely. He gives us an opportunity to love him back. And that's why I come to praise and worship God today, because of all the love that he has showered down on my life, it gives me an opportunity to love him back. It gives me an opportunity to teach his word. It gives me an opportunity to give praise and honor to a God who has showered his love on me. He's an all-sufficient savior. And Luke shows him very clearly that he reached out to those people who are most in need, those who needed to be healed. But not only does he love us, but God is always in control. How many people here struggle with control? I like controlling things, amen? But what I realize is that when it's out of my control, it's always in God's control. When we talk about control, it means God's sovereignty. God is in complete and total control of every person and circumstance and situation at any moment, at any given time. Uh, There is no failure in God. And and when we read the book of Luke here, we find that in Luke chapter number five, starting with verse number one, we find that um, there is this situation where there are some fish that are involved. Amen. So when we take a look at Luke chapter number five, um, we have some men here who've been out all night fishing. And they didn't catch anything. The Bible says in verse number one, Luke chapter five, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore in the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge. And for the fishermen who had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping out into the boats, Jesus asked Simon, the owner, to push him out onto the water so that he could sit in the boat and teach the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats and soon boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I am such a sinful man. For he was all struck by the number of fish they had caught as they were with others with him. His partner James and John, the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Amen. We see here Jesus demonstrating sovereignty, that he is in control of every situation that we find ourselves. Jesus is the one who makes sure that everything works out according to his plan, even though it might not be our plan. And, and when you are a person who always tries to control things, not only do you have an issue with control, but you usually have an issue with failure as well. You work so hard because you don't want to fail. You work so hard to make everything work out a certain way. But I've got to stop by to let you know that failure is a part of living. That, that if you have never failed, it means you have never lived. You have to take the time and make sure that you are trying and doing what God has called you to do and leave the rest to God. Amen. Yeah. It's important because failure is not an option. Amen. Everybody's going to fail. Everybody's going to mess up. Amen? Amen. And I can accept failure. Everybody fails at something. What I can accept is not trying. That's right. oh, yeah. I'm going to say that one time. Everybody fails, but I can't accept a person who just does not try. Your situation is not going to change if you don't do anything different. Amen. Amen. The, the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Right. Say that to yourself. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Say that again. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, do you believe that? Then apply that to your life. Amen. What's the most difficult thing that you're going through right now? You can apply that scripture in your life. And when you apply that scripture, it helps you to walk by faith because we all will fail at something. We're all going to make mistakes. In fact, some of the most famous people in the world had awesome failures in their lives. There was an individual who was dismissed from an acting class. They said that she was too shy and that she was wasting her time. Her name was Lucille Ball. There was an individual who failed as a farmer. He failed in business. He failed as a soldier and was told he was a failure, and yet his name was Ulysses S. Grant. It was a high school basketball player who was cut from his team. He went home, locked his bedroom door, and cried. His name is Michael Jordan. There was a teacher in school who told a student that they were too stupid to learn. Yeah. 
and that if they had an opportunity to get a job, it would be only because of their pleasant personality. His name was Thomas Edison. There was an individual who was fired from a newspaper company. They said that he didn't have any imagination at all and no original ideas. His name was Walt Disney. This individual, his fiance died. He failed at business twice. He had a nervous breakdown. He lost eight elections. His name is Abraham Lincoln. Life is tough. And when life gets tough, it doesn't mean that you give up because Jesus is more than enough. He can supply all of your needs and everything that you desire in life. There have been times in my own life when I didn't think I was going to make it. But God is always in control. God is sovereign. And this might be the end of a chapter for you in a book that's not pleasant, but you have the opportunity to write the next chapter of your life. You should never have a bad day. You should only remember that it's just rough moments. Amen? Amen? You should take the time and give thanks for everything that God does. You got to learn how to say hallelujah anyhow. Amen. It reminds me of a time when uh, I was on vacation in the Florida Keys and we decided that we were going to go fishing. I like fishing. And we went out on this boat and we were out there in the crystal blue waters and you could look over the side. We're about 40 feet of water and you could see the sandy bottom. We decided we were going to go out and we were going to catch some yellowtail snappers. It was an interesting day and an interesting event because yellowtail snappers are fish that are close to the bottom of the ocean. And when you bait your hook, you have to put the bait down in the water very quickly because on top of the water are Bermuda chub. The Bermuda chub will eat your bait. And if you're not fast enough in order to get your bait down into water, you're going to have to spend all your time trying to put bait on the hook in order to catch some fish. And so the first thing you got to do is learn how to get the bait down into the water. Then after you get the bait down into the water, and once you get a bite, you got to learn how to set that hook. Amen? You, you, you got to learn to wait for the fish to bite on the hook, and then you got to be able to pull it back the other way to set that hook in its mouth because it has a soft mouth, and the hook will come out if you don't have it set properly. But not only that, but there are barracuda that exist down in the Florida Keys. And when you are reeling up the fish, you can see the barracuda coming on the side trying to bite your fish in half before you get it into the boat. And there were several times when I got the fish to the surface and I got him out of the water and the barracuda jumped out of the water, bit the fish in half before I could even get him in the boat. So I had to pray. I said, God, you got to get us some fish. Cost too much to charter this boat and go back and have your cooler under your arm because you don't have any fish in it. And so we prayed and we asked God to bless our day. Amen. And we came back with some yellowtail snappers. Amen. Sometimes you got to learn how to pray in life and leave the results up to God. Sometimes you can offer your best effort that you got. And sometimes you will fail at bringing the fish in the boat. 
but God is faithful in every situation. That God will allow you to bring some fish home, amen? If you just have a little talk with Jesus. When we read this passage, we find that Simon Peter was awestruck by the miracle. His first was response was to realize that he was insignificant and that Christ was great. Peter knew that Jesus had healed those people who were sick and he had ministered to those people who were demon possessed. But he was amazed that Jesus cared about his day to day activities. Do you know today that Jesus cares about your day-to-day activities? He cares how your day goes on. He cares about the things that you're faced with. He cares about your situation. He cares about struggles that you have in your life. God is interested not only in saving us, but he's interested in helping us in our daily activities. He is an all-sufficient Savior, and he is more than enough. When we continue to read through Luke chapter number four through six, in Luke chapter number six, verse number 46, the Bible gives us a story about how a house should be built. We don't want to build our house on the sand. We want to build our house on a firm foundation on the stone. In Luke 6, 46, the Bible reminds us where there is no deposit, there is no return. In other words, you've got to put some work in in order to be able to get something out of it. Uh, When we read this passage of Scripture, we find out that Jesus says to us, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, and you won't do what I say? I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on the solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Sometimes I don't know why people just don't follow instructions. Amen. God has left us his word. All we got to do is learn how to follow what he has said to us. It's like a person that's trying to build their house. Maybe they're in a hurry to get it built. Maybe they don't want to do the hard work of preparation, of preparing the ground and the bedrock that's underneath that will hold the foundation up. Maybe they think that disaster cannot happen to them. Whatever the reason, when you don't have a good foundation, whenever you are short-sighted, you will be sorry. It's important because we have to learn how to obey God. Obeying God is like building a house on a firm foundation. All of us will experience storms in life. All of us will get to the point where we'll have some difficulties that we will face. But if your life is built on the word of God, if your life is built on a personal relationship with Christ, you'll be able to make it through any storm or any difficulty that you might go through. When we look at this situation, he gives us some clear instructions that we ought to obey what he has said that we ought to do. When life is calm, our foundation doesn't seem to matter very much. 
But as soon as a little bit of trouble arises, as soon as a crisis comes, our foundation is tested. Be sure your life is built on the solid foundation of the word of God. That's why God left it for us. It is the Bible. They are instructions that are given to us. The Bible are basic instructions before leaving earth. It tells us what we need to know in order to be transported from earth into heaven. God didn't leave us uh, his Bible as a way of trying to just entertaining us and give us something to read while we're here. No, these are the life words of the Bible that give us everyday instructions on what we need to know from God. And when you take time to absorb the word of God, when you take time, when you get up in the morning and you start off your day with the word of God, when you're talking with God throughout the day, God will make it clear to you what it is that you need to do. He's only one prayer away. All you got to do is call on him and he'll give you guidance and direction. All you got to do is call on him and he'll make a way out of no way. All you do is call on him and he'll make you a little bit happy on the inside, even though tough things are going on in your life. Sometimes in life, you might not see a way out. But if you got God on your side, you know for yourself on, this, and on the inside that God is still going to make a way for you to be able to move forward. It is the word of God. It is the word of God that reveals the mind of God. So we ought to learn it. It is the word of God that reveals the heart of God. So we ought to love it. It is the word of God that reveals the will of God. That means we ought to live with it. And so we ought to take the time to make sure, as Jesus says, that we ought to obey his word. God reveals all these things to us to let us know that he is El Shaddai the all-sufficient one. He is the one who can take care of every situation that we find ourselves in. He is an all-sufficient Savior. And I just stopped by today to let you know that Jesus is enough. No matter what situation you find yourself in, Jesus can help you out. It's what the Bible says, and that's why I believe it. God will keep his promises. He will finish what he started. Jesus will not fail you. He is we are more than conquerors in Christ. I am who God says I am. It doesn't matter what other people say I am. I know that I'm loved by God because he cares for me. I know that God is on my side because he is the one who has set me free. I know that I've been redeemed by the power of his blood. I know that I've been established in my way. I know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I know that I'm loved by God and I'm, that he is more than enough for what I need in life. That Jesus is my salvation. That Jesus is my sanctification. That he is the son that enlightens. He is the physician, physician that heals. He is the lawyer that defends. He is a friend who comforts. He is a teacher that enriches. Oh, I'm trying to help you to understand that he's more than enough for you today. He is the rock of my salvation. He keeps me stable in times that are unstable. He is a partner who support me. He is a deliverer. He is a company keeper. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is more than enough. Maybe I'll try on this side for a little bit. Amen. God is the one who is with you in their darkest of days. He is the one that can keep you. He is stronger than death. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lion of Judah. He is my peace and he is my hope. Or maybe I'll try on this side for a little bit. God is my 
company keeper. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. He is the light of the world. He is the true vine. He is the bread of life. He is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. He is the Lord of Lord. He is the king of kings. He is more than enough. He is the one that supplies all of my needs. He is the one that watches over me and keeps me. He is the one that sets out my path. He is the one who is my protector. He is the one who is my provider. He is the one who watches over me. He is the one that protects me in the front and he protects me in the back and he protects me on the side. He is the one that keeps me. He is the one that provides for me. He is the one that touches me and wakes me up in the morning. He is the one that gives me strength from day to day. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He's everything that I need. He's more than enough. He's more Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.